Welcome to episode four of the Thrill Me podcast. I'm Adam, your host, and sitting next to me once again, um, and obviously still ploughing through the RoboCop box set on uh, TV, TV, is my co-host Jared. How are we, mate? Good, good. I've actually um, added the Batman 66 box as well, so uh, RoboCop might actually take a bit longer. Shit. (laughs) You've got a lot of things on your plate there. I do, I do. It would seem. Obviously, today's episode four, and we are we will be covering uh, the action gem, First Blood, the first uh, the first run of one John Rambo. Uh, but uh, we'll, we'll we'll start the uh, the episode off by just discussing what we're currently watching. Apart from the Robocop box set and the Batman sixty six box set, anything else that popped up in the radar recently? Uh, well, the Batman sixty six box came to a grinding halt because I've tried to watch one episode five times. <laughs> um, unfortunately, the kids sort of made it not possible, and then when I finally sort of got a chance to watch it without the kids, I fell asleep. So uh, uh, not enough bang crash wallop. No, yeah, it was sort of like there was a there was a kapow, and I was like, it was not there. So, um, yeah, I've watched a couple of movies. I watched the Godzilla remake. Thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really, really good. Not a lot of the monster in it, but. I didn't think that detracted too much. Could have done with a little bit more, but when when Godzilla is in it, it's it's awesome. Because it had kind of got some sort of middling reviews. Hadn't yeah, it? middle of the road, and I think some of them were fair. I'd probably you know push it up to the sort of three and a half out of five category. But um, yeah, I had a great time with it. Uh, it's pretty long. I think it's two hours on the dot, just about. But uh, I liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I also watched. A, uh, I've also ca- caught up on the, uh, the the series that I've been watching uh, that I mentioned previously, Flash and the Arrow, mm-hmm. keeping up with them. Also caught up on Gotham. So um, okay, and <clears throat> how is Gotham going? Because I was originally on that probably the first six or seven episodes. I think. Yeah, it's. Um, I've heard that it's slipping a little bit. Look, being a Batman fan, it's got things about it that I really can get. Uh, along with and there's other stuff that I just think is completely stupid the later episodes I've probably more been in the positive there's some uh, there's there's actually some story that's sort of moving along because there was a lot of story threads that didn't seem to be pro- progressing much mm. but yeah the, the last few episodes I've quite enjoyed still not quite uh, over the top for me mm. well my problem the stuff that I didn't like was when it keep cutting it, whenever it cut away to Bruce Wayne yeah I just found that to be almost like det- Distracting. Yeah, that's still not great. Um, getting plenty of uh, plenty of Selena Kyle, and I think they've cast that girl just strictly because she looks a bit like Michelle Pfeiffer because mm. she can't act. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty ordinary when she's in there. But look, I'm sticking with it, um, and I hope that it sort of finds its feet. Uh, but at the moment, yeah, not quite cutting it, and it's a it's definitely a. a Fair bit below Flash and Arrow for me. Yeah. Um, And the other one I watched, again, sort of on the comics front, is uh, I watched the Justice League War, which is an animated film. Mm. Uh, DC puts out a lot of these animated movies. I think it's about three a year now. And, uh, yeah, wasn't bad. Probably not one of their best. Some of the DC animated movies are actually superior to to the the sort of live action ones that have been out, um, personally. Anything's better than Green Lantern. Yeah, I probably wasn't referring to that. That's kind of uh, just best forgotten that one. I wasn't going to mention it. But yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's it's uh, worth a look. I, I like those um, animated ones. I find them really good. So, uh, yeah, as I said, not one of the best, but worth a look. Well, look, I, I've I've been um, 
slightly lax. I haven't really had a chance to watch a lot. The only thing I have seen since we last recorded was American Sniper. It, look, it was good. It, I, I preferred it more when he was on, on his tours of duty. I thought that stuff was really, really good and really tense. Um, and Bradley Cooper is really, really good in the role. He's, he, he's bulked up a heap and he, 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 really, he really does a great job. The movie do, isn't as good when he, when he goes back home. It kind of starts to drag a little bit, but it was an interesting film, and it was it was one of those movies that makes you understand why these guys come back with with you know psychological problems and things like that because mm. it's such a obviously a very difficult um, place to be and a difficult situation to be in. But overall, uh, quite a good film. And that uh, message is sort of quite apt for what we watched this week. So. Yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that sort of you know. It kind of it does sort of touch on some of those messages of, of um, coming home from these type of things. But okay, well we'll uh, take a short break and then we'll come back and we'll get into our main event, 1982's First Blood. Sylvester Stallone. This time he's fighting for his life. First Blood. 1982's First Blood. A quick synopsis: John Rambo has just returned from Vietnam. To see some old friends, he ends up in the town of Hope, New Jersey, uh, after an altercation with the sheriff. He's arrested. A little bit of, um, I guess, post-traumatic stress kicks in. He breaks free and he heads up into the mountains with the police force on his hammer. It was directed by Ted Kotchoff, who had directed Wake in Fright, which is one I believe we talked about in the very early episode. Yeah. Uh, Folks, and he's had a massive uh, executive producing role in the Law and Order series. I think um, both Law and Order and Law and Order Special Victims Unit. It's produced by Buzz Fitzshans, who'd done Red Dawn, Total Recall, and Die Hard 3. Mario Kayser and Andrew Vajana, Terminator 2 and 3, Cutthroat Island, Basic Instinct. Those guys were pretty big. Uh, running a studio, I think, in the uh, 90s called Coralco. I believe it went into liquidation in the late 90s. <laughs> and a guy by the name of Herb Nanus who handled uh, Nighthawks and Rocky Three, So he had a bit of a Stallone connection. The film was written by Michael Co- Cozell, uh, William Sackheim, who had both been involved in a, a, a bit of a gem, The Hard Way. Yeah. Michael Good J. Time. Fox film from the 90s. And, of course, Sylvester Stallone. It stars Sylvester Stallone as John Rambo, Brian Dennehy as Sheriff Will Teasel, and Richard Krenner from uh, one of our favourite films, Wrongfully Accused, <laughs> as, as Colonel Troutman. The budget for this film was $14 million, and the worldwide box office was a, quite a tidy $125 million. Jared, thoughts on First Blood? Yeah, uh, I think it's an excellent movie. It's tense, exciting. Like the action scenes are really exciting. Stallone is really good, uh, and overall, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's probably around a four out of five easily. Um, very enjoyable movie. Sort of, it's fairly basic in in the sense that you know he gets away and and then we're just in the mountains and they're trying to catch him. Uh, but as I said, it's it's well done. It's very tense and the action scenes are really cool in there and. Um, give the National Guard a very bad name. So. Yes. <laughs> uh, look, I would fully agree. I think it's a four out of five-star film. I think it does not get the recognition it probably deserves as almost a precursor to some of these big, big gun action films that came out in the late 80s. 
and I think so I actually truly believe that Rambo and and First Blood created a little bit of that template about how to make a tense and quality action film that was more than just brawn. It was it there was brains involved. Stallone is probably better here than he is in Rocky, uh, and I think the, the supporting cast is a solid cast. So yeah, four out of five film, um, very much a recommend in my mind. And if you haven't seen it, you really do need, and you're an aficionado of action films, you really do need to sit down and watch it because it's very much worthwhile. The likes, it's a very well-paced film in my mind. It it never sort of flags at any point and at no stage do you sort of feel, well, mm, let's get some more action, you know. It starts, and by by about the 20-minute mark, I think, he's broken out of jail and he's on the run and the police are after him and, and we build into that, that sort of second act of him him sort of getting in control of the uh, and taking them up into his own territory. Yeah, you're engaged <clears throat> the whole way. There's not really a sort of uh, a down period, I guess. I Yeah, I found it to be very well well paced and, um, as I said, engaged from, from start to finish. Yeah, and I th- as far as the action scenes go, the majority of them are really, really well choreographed, well handled by the director. You know, certainly in a time period where, you know, if you're comparing them to today's action films where it's a lot of quick cuts and a lot of jerky sort of edits and, and camera work where the camera's almost like ha- having some kind of fit, you know, it's moving around all over the place. It's really refreshing to watch one of these old films from the 80s where the camera is somewhat static, the the action scenes are filmed with a clarity and a, the editing is much slower in its pacing so you can see what's happening and you can get a feel for the progression of the actual action scene rather than just seeing this mess of, of things going on. Yeah, it was, it was almost like, <clears throat> you know, coming back to an old friend because it, it just was something in the, the more recent action films you don't get to see. Yeah, I, that's one of the things I dislike about modern action films is this idea that quick cuts equates to action yeah and i think uh that's one of the reasons i was so thrilled with the avengers because it brought back this idea that uh, even though there was sort of heavy special effects involved it brought back this idea that the camera could stay with the action and you could actually see what's going on mm. so yeah it was good to sort of go back to one of those movies where uh, you didn't need to just chop and cut everywhere. It was, it, and it was still tense and exciting. It's just how you how you do it. Yeah, and there's always this feeling in today's action films that build up to the tension goes from certain length of cuts to then sl- quicker and quicker and quicker until cuts are like a second long. You, you don't even know what you just saw. Yeah, and I'm um, not saying that that's a, that's a, a necessarily a bad thing. Like even in these older movies, you'll get the odd. A section where there's just a couple of fast cuts, but it's just it's not all of it. Mm. It's not a whole action scene. Um, and I'll bring up something like Transformers. You know, I watch that still, and you cannot tell what's going on in the fight scenes. I know there's a little bit to do with the you know robots. You, you can't really tell some of them apart, mm. but you still just can't tell what's going on because it's just cut, cut, cut. And I don't <clears> think <throat> that makes an action scene. No. Uh, that, that's why, yeah, and older films like these, uh, it's really refreshing to go back to some of them and see how it was done and how it was done so well. I think that the directors of this period, you know, I'm talking, and I'm probably talking from 80 through to 90, had an understanding of, of 
the way an action film action scene sort of works. And and this film has an, an incredible action scene involving um, where Rambo kind of in the as as the sun goes down in the in the mountains, um, he's he, he gears himself up with a you know with a camouflage look, and it begins to rain and you know there's lightning and stuff, and he just picks each copper off one by one and he incapacitates them he doesn't kill them and it's 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 a really well shot scene everything about it works and it's it's there's tension and there's it's it's not i guess i wouldn't call it the most action-packed of scenes but it works in the way it it sort of builds up to when he finally has a little showdown with teasel yeah it's like some of the uh the older horror films we've already spoken about like halloween like they create this tension before they just before the in this particular scene, they create that tension before it really kicks into gear. Mm. I think the whole scene probably ends up being about ten minutes long from yeah. start to finish, and it's not just full of these quick cuts. They they take their breaks to sort of, uh, you know, he takes one guy out and then it then it calms down again, mm. and you you're with guys who are sort of tiptoeing through the woods almost. It's not just cut cut cut. And it puts and the audience on edge as well. Yeah, it's a great action scene. And and obviously the scenes build as the, as the film goes on. You know, that scene is quite subdued in comparison to blowing up Everything. an ammunition shop. Blowing and, up an entire small town. Yeah. You know, it builds this crescendo where everything is just getting blown up by, by Rambo. And I think that actually the thing about this film that, I think sets it apart from its probably its sequels. I mean, we're not going to go into the depths of the sequels, but the sequels turned him into a cartoon character, a, a, an indestructible He-Man. This, he was a guy with problems. He had problems from his time overseas in the war, but he was sympathetic somewhat. And so by the time he came to wrecking hope as a town, you were on his side because they'd given you the sympathy of the man. To be honest, I haven't seen the sequels. Uh, some of them I don't even think I've seen at all. Um, I've got them all there to watch as sort of a follow-on to us having watched this. Um, but from what I do recall, uh, you, you're spot on. It, it, uh, the sequels kind of lacked a bit of that um, brains, I suppose. Uh, but to- going into the acting, Stallone is very good. I think... He doesn't get a lot of credit for his acting, but I think he is very good and he's a, he's a lot more capable than people give him credit for of giving a, a pretty solid performance. Uh, we saw it in Rocky. Uh, we've seen it here. Uh, personally, I think probably his best performance is Copland because mm. it takes away that entire physical aspect that he's known for and strips him down and shows that he actually is a pretty good actor. Yeah, and I think he's he, he, I think he's always been a solid actor. Yeah. I think I, that the problem he got stuck with was typecasting and you know he was a he was a body guy who, you know, did a lot of action flicks. Yeah. And, and I guess later on it didn't help that he he couldn't talk as well as he used to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um I, yeah, I think he as we were saying when we were watching the movie, Arnold Schwarzenegger couldn't have given you this performance. No. And that's not a knock on Arnie. He's just a different different type of actor, and yeah. you know, we, frankly, we love Arnie. But he couldn't have given you this type of performance. He couldn't have done this type of movie. And in a way, if you're looking closely at the late at the action stars of that period, it's probably uh, Willis is probably the guy that probably benefited the most from people like Stallone. 
that Willis could give you a bit of that too if you need it. And he wasn't, but he wasn't as physical as Stallone, I guess. Yeah. Be the, well, the things that they share and watching this, this movie again reinforced it was that Stallone had a bit of that everyman quality. Like mm. he was cut, he was well built, but he didn't look like Arnie to where you just thought to yourself, I could lift weights every freaking day <laughs> of my life and I will never look like that yeah. bloke. Stallone had a bit of that everyman quality. He just looked like an average kind of guy in this movie who was just absolutely cut. Yeah. The sequel turned him into bloody... I mean, he was built like a brick shit. Yeah, well, later on, uh, even now, he kind of looks even more well-built than he did in that period. He kind of does look like a, you know, a, a bloke who was a Green Beret, you know, yeah. a fairly average kind of bloke, but the, he looked fit. You yeah. know, he didn't just look like a muscle man. Mm. And that's what he brought to it, a bit of that everyman quality that went along with the acting ability. So I think you're right. Bruce Willis had that too. Bruce mm. Willis didn't look like this unattainable um, body type. Body type and, and things like that. And and Willis could also kind of handle a bit of acting when he wanted to and yeah. when he wasn't being a... Being a pain But I think the acting all round is solid in this film. Yeah, Dennehy's um, always good value, and Dennehy's excellent. I think yeah. that because you're supposed to end up disliking him, and and Rambo becomes, I think Rambo really, if we're honest about action films in the eighties, he became the first anti-hero, the guy that look he did some pretty stupid shit, <laughs> and he blew a whole town up. Yeah, I know we kind of disagreed about that because I don't see him as an anti-hero. Personally, I think he is the hero of this piece because of the way he's the, treated, the way he's portrayed, and yeah. the way he's treated. Like we'll go into it a little bit later, but the sheriff's department are so unreasonable that he's not an anti-hero. <laughs> he is the hero, you know. Um, bloody unreasonable's not touching. Oh, that. Yeah, well, unreasonable's, <laughs> unreasonable's not, not being light on him. Yeah, yeah. But Dennehy is the kind of guy that you can get, and and I made this. Um, analogy when um, and comparison when we were watching the film, he reminds me of a guy like John Lithgow. He's a really good actor, really good character guy. If you need him to play a villain, he can play a villain. If you need him to play a, a you know, wise old father or something, he can. Yeah. You know, he's got a very good many strings to his bow as an actor and by the end of it, you just think Teasel's a twat. <laughs> yeah, and they both kind of fit that mould of never really cracking the A list yeah. per se, but um, you'd have him in anything. Yeah, that's right. And 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 I think he does a great job. Young David Caruso, mm. pre-CSI CSI Miami, he had no sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> he hadn't been taking the sunglasses off at that stage, but he gives us a good performance. Richard Krenner's probably the only one as Troutman when he first appears – He's chewing scenery and hamming it up with all these monologues about Ram- heavy body bags and Rambo's going to kill everyone. But he quiets down after that. Yeah, yeah. Just- the, the only bit that I thought was that, you know, he was laying on the cheese extra thick was, <laughs> um, was that when he first shows up. And after that, he kind of settles in, and again, he he delivers as well. Yeah. Um, there's not, yeah, there's not really a dud performance in, in there. No, not at all. And I think... The film is very minimalist in, in as far as star performances as well because you've really only got three or four major characters. You've got a lot of peripheral guys. Uh, the coppers are all sort of on the peripheral. The 
very poorly trained National Guard or whatever. Right on the periphery. Actually, yeah, I retract the dud performance. <laughs> yeah, okay, come no, on. No, no, they, were, they weren't too bad. <laughs> the thing that kind of, I think, sets this film apart to sort of the stuff that its sequels and the, some of the, a lot of the stuff that sort of came later is that this, for all the action scenes and the fact that this movie's sort of seen as, a, as, a, as an action, primarily an action movie, it's got a lot of brains. It is actually far deeper and far more, there's far more subtext to it than it's given credit for. It's sort of seen, I think it's always seen as a good film, but I don't know if it's quite seen as being as, as deep as it is. And I, I really, watching it again, I really sort of saw the layers and saw and started to get an understanding of just how well written it probably is. Yeah, it's, I mean, we're not saying it's, uh, it's, Oh shit! It's some not sort of bloody. Genius. It's not shitless list. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not some genius level bit of work by any stretch. But as action movies go, it does ask a little bit more of you than what we're used to. Yeah, um, the old adage of "shut your brain off at the door" doesn't yeah, apply to a movie like it. This. Doesn't really apply. Like as we mentioned, it's it doesn't sort of explore things in a, in a complicated manner or, or really challenge the audience that much. But it's got more brains than than it's been given credit for, and I think. You brought it up. You've hit the nail on the head. The sequels kind of turned him into a cartoon character. So, so I think people have forgotten that the movie actually did have a pretty strong message and a pretty relevant message at the time. Mm. I mean, it certainly wasn't that long after Vietnam. You know, it's not like it was 20 years after Vietnam that this movie came out. So there was still some resonance to the idea that Rambo turns up in town to see his friends, one of his friends from his unit. It turns out he's dead. The whole unit's gone. Here's a guy just trying to sort of re-enter the the world, I guess, from where he'd come from. And the way he's treated sort of comes into what had probably happened back when Vietnam ended. So as far as action films go, I think really good action films are the ones that can combine the the, the top shelf action with the with a bit of a brain. And give you something that um, to think about, and I think this movie does it. Yeah, and it's not uh, it's not often that we're going to talk about movies that contain a probably <laughs> a social message or a brain um, or a brain. <laughs> yeah, well, we don't have much of that well, ourselves. So. Well, we did cover Stone Cold two episodes ago, and well, there's social messages in there about the dangers <laughs> of you know bikey gangs and that sort of thing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it does ask a little bit more of you and, uh, it, it certainly plays into that sympathetic portrayal that you, you spoke about. Um, if they went down a straight down the line action movie here and just had a movie about a bloke who got <laughs> picked up for vagrancy and then went off into the bushes and started killing everyone, we'd be sitting there watching it going, Everyone's an idiot. Yeah. They're all overreacting. They're all unreasonable, and this movie is <laughs> ridiculous. That's but right. We cop a bit of that unrealistic element because there is a message there, and because it was well written uh, and delivered, we're on this guy's side, and we kind of get in his head a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is yeah, it's not the case for a Stone Cold and things. Like that. <laughs> well, okay. Well, dislikes Jared. The song at the end. It's a long road when you're on your own. What was that shit called? I don't know. I, it's don't Terps. Know. It's, no, that song is the kind of half-baked 80s poop that should not have been in a movie like this. It's almost comical. 
to finish a movie, an action film, which has uh, made us think a little and, and given us a dose of adrenaline, and then to finish it with some warbling rubbish about <laughs> it. And the most, uh, I mean, he's chucked the, the words <laughs> first blood in there with a shoehorn. <laughs> Ah. Just, just chuck first blood in there oh. somewhere. Oh. God, I can't even remember. Who, I mean, I don't even want to know who's saying. <laughs> but it was. It's. It's not good. Isn't it the same bloke that's saying sometimes when we touch? Yeah, or something yeah, like that? yeah, yeah. Sometimes, Jesus. He's not. He's not a household name. <laughs> no, um, he's not. And he. No wonder. It wasn't a good it. way to finish the movie, really. No, but look, there's not a lot to dislike. No, I don't think there is either. Not a lot at all. I guess if we're quibbling. There's a scene when he's breaking out of the sheriff's department. He's being held from behind by one guy, and he's got another guy standing in front of him, and Stallone lashes out with a kick to the balls. And instead of just letting the scene go that, yes, he got kicked in the balls, and down he goes, we get this shocking insert of this guy going, ooh, <laughs> and holding his balls. It was only a half second, but it wasn't a good half second. <laughs> it's comical. Well, it's actually uh, really comical. I think you said it when we watched it. We really needed that insert to, to understand that it hurt to get kicked in the, in the balls. Yeah, and I believe you also pointed out that as Rambo runs Ryan out of the police station, coppers go, stop, stop. Yeah, yeah. One, <laughs> no, one no. particular bloke, after he's already sort of cleaned up about five or six of them, rolls in with something under his arm and puts the, the hand up and says, stop. It just gets belted. Just, yeah, yeah. It, that wasn't an effective uh, method of restraint. No, that particular no. Point. No one had been going for their guns while he was he was wreaking havoc. But look, they're sort of small, small dislikes. Yeah, small they're just sort of minor. Things are very that, minor. That we're just going to have a bit of a laugh at, yeah. but they really don't detract from the film in any way. No, I think the biggest dislike. Look, I, I don't know if I could probably call it a dislike. I'd probably more call it probably a slight misstep as the what. To the way this message of uh, Vietnam and all that stuff has been handled, it's very heavy-handed. As, yeah. as much as I love the fact that there's a brain there and there's a there's a bit of thought being put into it, I just think that it's it's laid on pretty hard. Yeah, you could probably make the case that it's it's a little bit of knowing your market too. But it is sort of very streamlined. It's it's very very sort of straightforward. The message behind it, the you know, the message basically is, he's a Vietnam vet and he's struggling to sort of reintegrate in into society. And they and, pushed him too far. Yeah, and, and it's it's yeah, it is very kind of heavy handed. Is the way that it's been described in some of the reviews we've come across. It's yeah. pro- it probably is a good description. But hey, I'm not one of the great thinkers of our time, so no. it's probably right right in my wheelhouse. Well, I think exactly what you've just said. They have to play to their audience. And if you don't lay it on heavy that Sheriff Teasel is the bad guy and and lay on the fact that they pushed him too far, if you don't lay it on thick early, your core audience is probably not going to understand. Yeah. So you had to give it a bit of that heavy-handed stuff and make Teasel's mob just slightly above the... They're, they're almost caricatures of really bad coppers. Yeah, they push the believability of, of Teasel's um, hostility towards Rambo. And it was it was streamlined from the book. Um, we know that there was kind of messages about 
that Teasel was a, a vet himself of, of a different war in the in the novel. Korean, and that, I believe. Um, and that sort of played into his tension towards a, a Vietnam vet, mm. and that kind of made things more complicated in the book. I haven't read the book, so I can't really comment. But I think in the movie it kind of works to streamline it and just make Teasel a flat out asshole. Yeah, because it yeah, it does. It just streamlines the message, and it and for this particular movie, I think it probably was the way to go. It and does come across heavy-handed, but I don't know if if complicating it further or, or would have kind of done it justice in the end. Because really, nah. at the end of the day, we wanted to see him get up in the mountains and, and see those great action scenes. Yeah, that's right. And I think that if you overcomplicate a movie like that, the brain part of it would would have gone. We, we would mean, have ended up going, what, what, what the hell was that about? And we needed to get on Rambo's side. Yeah, and it still has its little sort of subtleties like... At the start, when he hands off the, the photo to the woman who, who tells him that his, his kind of uh, friend has died, yeah. you know, it's on you as the audience to, to make the connection, he's the last one, mm. out of just something simple like handing that over. So it's still got its subtleties and it's, uh, it's in the way it delivers the message, but, you know, it, it mean, is very streamlined. Teasel's this close to... Twirling his mustache and you know the the, the dastardly villain yeah. within about five minutes. I mean, we meet the guy. He he escorts Rambo out of town for reasons can only be described as <laughs> pretty much nothing. Yeah, well, that kind of it, it takes us into our into our final dislike, I guess, yeah. is the, the sheriff's department. Yeah, a pack of unreasonable <laughs> pricks, basically. <laughs> the the absolute overkill. These blokes, I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm working in a police station, uh, if I'm a copper and in a small town and some guy, we take him in for vagrancy, he lashes out, he breaks free, he runs up into the mountains. I find out then five minutes later that he's SAS. I'm not going after the guy. No, no, that would be where you kind of just roll over to the other fellas and say, look, we just had a long lunch. We'll get, back, we'll get back to the office. We'll shred any report of arresting this, this never happened. <laughs> and everyone, about... will, everyone will just get on with their day. Who's John Rambert? Never heard um, of him. But I mean, yeah, it's it's bordering on hard to cop that but... they put these resources. I mean, they get a <laughs> chopper. chopper. He's rolled a car. He's got a chopper for for a guy that started out getting arrested for wanting to walk through town. <laughs> Like, it really is just bordering on that unreasonable, but like we said, it works because if it streamlines the message. If mm. these guys weren't such assholes, you kind of don't get on Rambo's side so yeah. quickly and, and, and um, he doesn't just become the good guy straight out. And, uh, yeah, it, it, does, it pushes the boundaries of the unreasonable, but you accept it because of all the good qualities of the movie that it's it's pretty well written it's well yeah. acted that all works so you're willing to take a little bit of this and again i guess coming back to what i'd said before about anti-heroes but if 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 teasel's not the lot of mongrel and the police department behind him are not mongrels we cannot cop what rambo does when he gets back into town yeah it's we an overreaction we can't cop it because we're going he's overreacting too yeah you know, the place is getting blown to shit. And, look, he probably does overreact. But they do try and sort of slightly take the edge off with the Caruso character. He does sort of show a conscience, I guess, in a couple of places. But it's so heavy-handed before that. The police department's actual 
overkill on trying to catch Rambo has been stuffed down your throat slightly that even when they try and sort of colour it a little with Caruso sort of talking about it, it doesn't quite come off as well. Yeah. I mean, personally, I think overdoing it like that actually kind of does play into the brains of the movie because it makes it abundantly clear that Rambo coming back from Vietnam cannot even sort of trust the most, what's supposed to be the most sort of trusted yeah. branch in our society. He can't even mesh with the police. Yeah. You know, he can't, for whatever reason, this pillar of society is flipped on its head and, and he can't understand why. And mm. so it does kind of play into the message about him struggling to reintegrate into into normal society after yeah. his uh, time in Vietnam. But, yeah, their overreactions... I mean, Jesus, we're Sharpers. getting out the nightstick and belting up a bloke. Hang on. No, they're, all, they're all carrying M60s, they're all carrying M60s in there. The bit, yeah, the bit what were they going to do? The bit where it was pushing it for me was, okay, so he's kicked, he's kicked everyone's ass and escaped from the jail. But like we said, you, 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 can, you can kind of cut your losses there and say, well, shit, he wasn't, a, he wasn't you know, not a murderer, robbing anyone or a murderer. He was, he was a vagrant. But no, no, we'll go and roll a car. Then we'll get some bloke in the chopper. Then we'll start shooting at him and, uh, you know, lose one of our own. Like, didn't the rock and lord just go out? When the, you know, when uh, the situation escalates, when uh, I can't remember his name, the, the second, in, second in charge, basically, of the cops, when he dies. Gaunt. Gaunt. Yeah, Galt, that's it. Um, when he dies. Talk about pricks. And, and everything <laughs> escalates. You, you're just sitting there going, that was your own fault, you silly prick. Yeah. And they even sort of insinuate that by having him take his seatbelt off. Yeah. They actually show you take his seatbelt off when he's in the helicopter. They show you tell tell him tell the helicopter yeah. pilot, Threaten if you don't hold kill it, kill the helicopter thing, I'm pilot. going to kill you. So they insinuate basically it's his fault. Yeah. And he deserved what he got. At least they, I guess at least they put Caruso in there as a bit of a... Yeah, he's sort kind of a voice of reason. He's kind of a voice of reason, a really sort of dulled down voice of reason. But he's the only one, kind of, just not in not in these words. But he kind of there's a few moments where it's obvious he's going, "What are we doing here?" Like, yeah, it's po- it's it's more than likely that things like this may have happened. Um, you know, in terms of people coming back from Vietnam and people shunning them. And maybe they were, you know, there could have been police officers who shunned them because, remember, not everyone was on board with it. Yeah. But it's just the amount of resources yeah, to well, catch one guy in in the woods when he would have just waltzed himself out of the woods and disappeared. Well, that's the, that's I guess that's the streamlining of the message and the heavy-handedness, I guess, is that, yeah, you would think that in a small-town uh, sheriff's department like that, seemingly small-town, there might be a couple of guys in there that would just sort of say, hang on, fellas. Let's just let's just ease up. Let's just cool the jets here a little bit, and cut the guy some slack. Um, so that's I guess that's where the heavy handedness comes in. That everybody in the Hope uh, Sheriff's Department is a prick. Yeah, but it's but it's also because they're all following Teasel. Yeah, and and they make that clear that Teasel is the the senior guy. He's the experienced guy. Him and Galt are the senior guys, and all the other guys are young and. And easily led, so I'm assuming that's sort of where they're going on that front. But you're right. I don't know if I'd be easily led to um, trying to shoot a guy to death just because you know my boss was an (laughs) asshole. And and you know they they tell him he's a green beret, 
they have a scene where all of them are going, shit, he's a Green Beret. <laughs> but then none of them go, oh, no, no, I've had enough of this. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Sheriff, here's my yeah, badge, yeah. my gun. I'm out. You know, so, yeah. <laughs> so look, that is a a part of it that sort of does strain the credibility. Yeah, it's a, a dislike. It goes in the dislike category, but overall, I can see the reasons why they did it, um, and I can sort of go along with it. Uh, but yeah, we have to have something to kind of dislike about the movie, I suppose. So um, that will be it. Going into spoiler territory, obviously Rambo actually survives this film, but I believe the uh, both the original script. And the book had Rambo being killed mm. by Troutman. And an at alternate the end. ending that was filmed as well. Yes, yes, it was actually filmed as part of the deleted scenes on the Blu ray. We had a sort of discussion about this at the time, but obviously, First Blood was the, the first in the, in, in the series. My understanding is that Stallone's career wasn't exactly going through the roof at the time that he made. First blood. No, it was in a down spot. The the Rocky series, the, the heat off Rocky had sort of gone, uh, and he'd made some shit, <laughs> as we'll touch on later. I'm sure, yeah, but very succinctly put. Yeah. yeah, but so I guess the question here is: Do you think the change in the ending was financial or artistic? Personally, I think it's pretty clear it was financial, and it had had a lot to do with Stallone um, as he kind of has liked to do in his career putting a few touches on the on the script himself hmm. um so i i would say i think it's financial but in saying that i also think it worked hmm. i kind of like how uh, and again heavy-handed but he survives but he's a prisoner yeah and i guess they're saying hey he's he's a prisoner in everyday life now he he can't Reintegrate into society, and that's that's what's sort of holding him down. Very heavy-handed oh, yeah. that he walks out in handcuffs and and that sort of thing. To the strains of um some song about oh, first blood. God, don't remind but, me. But he, he he sort of makes that impassioned speech about how he can't even get a job parking cars, parking or... cars, um, and walks out in cuffs. Mm. You know, but hey, for me it worked. I I sort of I think it's maybe a fifty-fifty call, honestly. I think it's hard to know what they actually had because some reports that we read and some stuff on um, Internet Movie Database and Wikipedia insinuates that the first cut of the film was like almost three hours long. Yeah. So And, and Stallone was, wasn't real keen, wasn't real happy with it. So I find it hard to believe that a financial decision was made to keep him alive because of what they'd seen before. But we're talking about shrewd... Shrewd operators here, so it's not beyond the realms of possibility for those producers involved to be thinking, well, we can sell this Europe because it did pretty well overseas. And Stallone, having been in something like Rocky already, I mean, it just kind of makes sense to yeah. me that it would have been a financial decision. That said, killing him, uh, it works for me too. Mm. Uh, the fact that, you know... Um, the character of Samuel Troutman is is named after Uncle Sam. You know right. that the, the USA is is mercifully killing him in the yeah. end. You know the, the the one that created him um, couldn't help him sort of get back what he lost. Yeah, and so they kind of mercifully let him down in the end. That works for me too. Um, but I think uh the way it finished up i couldn't say it was a disappointment and i think yeah the, the whole sort of prisoner part of it still worked too you know again 
uh, Uncle Sam, the USA, is the one that's holding him yeah. by the arm and walking him out when he is a prisoner. You know, he's a prisoner of the USA. Yes. And I think the prisoner stuff also is a nice roundabout way to get back to the fact that he was a POW in Vietnam. Yeah. So we were still, he was a prisoner in Vietnam. He's also a prisoner here. Yeah, so I think it's a good example where okay, the financial motivation might have been there, but regardless, it didn't it didn't ruin anything for me. I actually tend to think, and, and as I said, it was just more of a fifty fifty thing, but I actually tend to lean towards the artistic because yep. we had got on his side, killing him. It's a massive downer. Do you know what I mean? As much as it, there is a further artistic endeavour of saying what you you just said, the subtext of you know Uncle Sam destroying. He's, you know, great, one of his great assets because he couldn't reassimilate. But I just feel it actually works on an artistic level because we we became to like the guy. We, we got in his corner. And I think killing him, I just think it would have been a massive downer. And I think, as I said, shrewd producers would know you want your audience to be on their feet and ready for, you know, yeah. potential that we might see him again. Yep. And, I, you know, I think you raised some valid points. For me... Um, that probably doesn't work as much because if we're going purely with artistic, I guess killing him and, and letting him down probably is the more impactful and the, and kind of goes along with that social message. And uh, it, the reason I guess I am strict and stuck in the financial corner is because it's Stallone and he had yeah. experience with this. I and guess I just can't I can't sort of get past the fact that, as you said, he's a shrewd operator and he might have known. Hey, this this could lead to something more. So just in case, even though he didn't like it yeah. initially, I think he's kind of smart enough to say, "Hey, if it, if it, if it works, there's the option there." Yeah. So that's that's it's, kind of why I'm in that corner. It's also possible too that um, they decided to pull back on the death of Rambo and the subtext involved in that because again, the core audience potentially doesn't quite get that, or yeah, exactly. it may go over their head. So they perhaps thought, well, maybe it's better to go with this. Yeah, well, maybe, you know, what they ended up with. I would, uh, I'd love to see the 165-minute. Yeah, I'd really like to see what that was. It would be interesting to see what was actually taken out of it. Because yeah. the Blu-ray is pretty scarce on deleted scenes. There's only one deleted scene involving Stallone getting it on with some Asian girl in Saigon or something, which goes for maybe, what, two minutes or something? Yeah. So there's barely anything... In the way of deleted scenes on the on the Blu-ray, so I, I really would like to see what that was. Yeah, and and why still? Uh, really, it would be interesting to find out from Stallone what what was it about that version that he didn't like. Mm. And maybe it was because because I I did read something and I heard something from him that cutting it back took out more of Rambo and made the film more of that streamlined, fast-moving sort of film, and Rambo being so not someone of man, a few words sort of thing. Yeah, which was probably a good decision in mm. the end. The end result works well. It works really well. We both uh, we both sort of expressed how much we liked it. Well, I think that's that's it for a discussion on First Blood. A very, very good film. And it was very much, um, I was actually very happy to watch it again because it's been a long time and, and I really did enjoy it. And can't, can't wait to watch the next three uh, where he kills, you know. <laughs> Five, five is about five thousand. <laughs> we'll take a quick break, and then we'll come back with our discussion topic. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert in guerrilla warfare, with a man who's the best, with guns, with knives, with his bare hands. 
A man who's been trained to ignore pain, ignore weather, to live off the land, to eat things and to make a billy goat puke. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel, to kill, period. Win by attrition. Well, Rambo was the best. Welcome back to our discussion topic for the episode. Today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to uh, trawl through the the canon of Sylvester Stallone, or as we're going to call it, the Stolympics, the, the Sylvester Stallone Olympics. Yeah, very simple. <clears throat> we're just going to award a uh, gold, silver, bronze, or possibly um, pulled a hammy at the starting <laughs> line. Uh, did not finish. Did not finish um, to Stallone's back catalogue. Yeah, correct. And, and, and look, I think we'll kick off with the first movie ever made. <laughs> Party at Kitty and Studs, which I believe is a low red stick, Phil. I think you might be right. Um, <laughs> that, that's that's going to be the pole vault in this yeah, particular Olympics. Vault. Can't say I've seen it. No. Can't particularly <laughs> say I've got a great deal of interest in seeing it. So we'll say, yeah, he was a competitor in the pole vault. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think he placed. He didn't break any records, no. I think. In the, uh, look, he probably he probably didn't even qualify for the Olympics. No, he probably no. didn't qualify for the Olympics in that one. Uh, <laughs> uh, look, he, he then cracked out a few... Didn't places and didn't qualifies was such <laughs> shit. There's no place to hide. Bananas. The, I think that might have been the sequel to Party of Kitty and Studs. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Um, the, well Lord, the Lords of Flatbush. Capone. I think they're all non-starters. I think they they might have been ones where he was he was doing um he was he was doing the uh, the sort of the the pre warm up events. Mm. And failed to place. Well, they're non-starters for uh, for today's events anyway, because we haven't seen any of them. <laughs> exactly. Death and Race 2000. He's been credited as uh, well, uncredited as Thug. So <laughs> Subway Thug. It was probably not going. We're not probably not going to go back and watch those ones. No. Death Race 2000. I haven't seen it. Haven't seen it. No. Look, I've always heard. I haven't seen it either. But I've always heard it's a uh, it's a it's one of his sort of early. Hits, I guess, would be the word. Mm. So he, he may have sort of made the final. Yeah, with that one, he made the, made the final on that one. Yep. Let's get a little bit further down. We've obviously got Rocky. Rocky's gold. I'm going to preface this by saying that Rocky, as a series, is gold. Rocky. So we're not going to go into the other. Well, oh yeah, no, I think we should. No, that's right. You want to go into? I want to go into it because I cannot give a gold to every Rocky. You can't but, give it to Rocky uh, for. I'll give it to. I'll give it to. <laughs> you can't when give, we, you can't when give we get down there, I'll, I'll tell it. But Rocky won. Rocky is definitely Rocky gold. Rocky is definitely gold. Fist, possibly part three of. You sure? Yeah, I thought. I mean, Have we I'm, done with that? I'm not, the, um, I'm not on the Ricky Gervais podcast <laughs> no, by mistake no, here. No, you're on a roll. Yeah. No. Look, Fist. Haven't seen it. Paradise Alley. Again, I think. Um, Paradise Alley gets a silver just because his uh, character name is Cosmo Carboni. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's a Cosmo silver. Cosmo Carboni. Oh, yes. Okay, that's silver. No, no give him bronze. Okay, we'll get a bronze. He can't for have that. silver for that because I, I don't think it's a gem. No. Rocky 2. In my opinion, Rocky 2 is gold. Rocky 2 is a gold for me. Yeah. I think Rocky 2 is just a hair below the first one. I yeah. think it's fantastic. And in fact, I think they work perfectly as a, a pair. If you watch yeah. them back to back, it's almost like one film. Yep. It sort of covers the whole lot. And let's face it, two doses of Carl Weathers is, you know, oh. worthy of gold on its own. I'll even watch Happy um, Happy Gilmore 
Oh, Happy Gilmore, you <laughs> yeah. I'll even watch that for Carl Weathers. Nighthawks. I actually have seen Nighthawks. It's a bronze. Again, a, it gets a bronze because his name is uh, Detective Sergeant Deke De Silva. Jeez. They're really just – it's, it's like it's like they've just gone with the Italian last name generator. And just <laughs> chucked a couple of them. Carboni, De Silva. Like he's just run the gamut here. Yeah. Nighthawks I have seen. It's actually not a bad um, sort of cop thriller. Mm-hmm. So it's a bronze. Escape to Victory. Pele, Michael Caine, Sylvester yeah. Stallone as a goalkeeper. Yeah, look, I'll probably have to give it a bronze just because it's a sports movie, and I do love a sports movie. Yes, yes. Uh, actually, no, maybe, look, fourth. Yeah, yeah. Fourth, um, pipped by a split second by for, for a medal there. That's right, yeah, he was close. He, he lunged at the line, but pipped. Rocky three. Gold for me. Gold. I think Rocky Three again. It's just a pity. Uh, the fool. Those first three are just awesome. Yeah. Rocky Three is kind of the bit where it takes it into that cartoony territory, and you get the kind of the evil bad guy who's just a bit comical, but does it better than? Uh, does, does it get it? any better than Hulk Hogan as Thunderlips? Well, Thunderlips, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Clubber Lang. Ah, love it. Just a world-class asshole, too. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It gets a little bit over the top, but it does it really well. So I'm giving uh, Rocky Three a gold. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I will agree with that. Yep. It's, it's the last Rocky that I really enjoyed until later on. Um, first Blood, gold. Gold. We just went through it. Staying alive. <laughs> um, <laughs> you, you look at him. Actor, director, producer, and writer. Jeez. Well, look. Talk we'll about probably, fucking things over. <laughs> look, I'll give him a bronze because it was a hit. Yeah, it and was a hit. He's, had, he's done just about everything on there um, other than give himself a, a large <laughs> role in it. So I'll give him a bronze just for just for trying on that one. He gets a, it. It's kind of not the gold like Steve Bradbury, but it's kind of the Bradbury. You, yeah. you, you toil long enough. You, toil hard enough and you get you through. You get the rewards. Rhinestone. I cannot give that a medal. Nick Martinelli. That's yeah. another one of the Italian uh, name generator. Yeah, yeah. Um, Ryan Stone, he didn't even turn up. <laughs> now, any movie that's asking Stallone to play a cab driver who then becomes a country singer. I think Ryan Stone is probably um, a drugs ban. He was a writer of that uh, pool, he pool got, as well. He got pinged for, for drugs <laughs> and he was banned. For that event, I think it was illicit substances, not yeah, really. I don't think it, no, it wasn't performance, it's performance enhancing. No, uh, Rambo, First Blood Part Two. Well, uh, I've uh, I probably got to sit out this one because, as I said, uh, even though I do like my action movies, this was one of the the big ticket ones that uh, the rest of the Rambo films um, that I've haven't seen. So I've got oh, them look, lined up to watch. Look, it's probably not a medal. Really? To me. No, it's a final. He made a final. Hmm. But but he was never in the medals. Um, it's not a to me. It's a very it's it's an unworthy sequel to yeah, what okay. what came before it. Yep. Um, even though it's written by James Cameron. Mm. Rocky Four. I'm probably gonna gonna get hate mail for this, <laughs> but I think Rocky Four is pretty ordinary. <laughs> um, I love Drago, and I love the oh you know we're losing some steam here, so we better kill someone. We better Apollo. also have a, a million montages yeah, of 80s yeah. music. So I kind of I, I liked parts of it. I really liked Drago, but talking about heavy-handed messages, 
Jeez, come on, Sylvester. The Soviet Union. Oh, and, uh, you know, what better way to preach peace than with a movie about prize fighting? <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Get some bronze just for Dolph Lundgren. Mate. Yeah, look, okay, okay. I'll ease up my stance a little bit. I'll have to give bronze. it a bronze because I do love Dolph Lundgren. And Drago is in the, in the pantheon of... Great bad guys. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. just like the Terminator. He's you know, just so. a monosyllabic moron who just hits people yeah, but hits yeah, them hard. Yeah. So yeah, I'll, I'll soften my stance. It's yeah. a bronze. Okay, Cobra Lieutenant Martin Cobra Cabretti. Marion. Marion, sorry, <laughs> not Martin. Shit, he wouldn't have a name like Martin. <laughs> he's Italian name generator. So, so Cobra. Oh, I don't know if I can place it. It's it's you know you you. Run-of-the-mill action movie fair, which, I mean, geez, I give Stone Cold a three, so I'm, <laughs> I'm anyone's when it comes to action movies, but, yeah, Cobra, Cobra probably doesn't sneak yeah, in for a medal. Yeah, Cobra, Cobra's yeah. not a medal. Cobra was a, a finalist again, didn't run it, didn't run its best race. No, no. Actually, you know what Cobra was? Made the final. Um, two false starts and just was. <laughs> yeah, he was gone for that. Um, just uh, uh, by way of trivia... Cobra is actually the um, what the script of Beverly Hills Cop was going to be uh, when Stallone was uh, being courted. So yes. thank Christ that never happened. Yeah, uh, I think Beverly Hills Cop, well, obviously. Came out the winner in that yeah. front. <laughs> uh, but, you know, uh, it, it was in Stallone's, right up Stallone's alley. This is where we get into the real meat mm. of the Stallone <laughs> cannon yes. uh, over the top. It's Any a, movie about arm wrestling, it's a movie about arm wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, he won, so surely he gets a gold. Oh, look, in the nah. arm wrestling stakes. Can't get it. It's a canon film, so that kind of um, that drags you right out of the medals for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not a medal. It's not even a final. Mm. Let's be honest. Stallone's arm. There's the sequence at the end where he's he's wrestling with the biggest arm wrestler in the world. The guy's dwarfed by <laughs> about, about 50 kilos. Yeah. I mean, he would have broken Stallone's, Stallone's arm head. and then stuck it up his ass. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay, Rambo 3. I'll, yeah. I'll take this one. Can't comment for me. Absolutely. No, it didn't even make the final. Rambo 3 is a, 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 a very average film. It's, it's one of these ones where Rambo becomes this indestructible he-man and takes on an entire army. I believe in Afghanistan. It might actually be set in Afghanistan. Uh, it's, yeah, nah. Couldn't even get in the final with that stuff. Nah. Lock up? Uh, I'm going to spring a surprise here and give Lock up a silver. <laughs> yeah, his name was Frank Leone. Yeah, well, again, <laughs> tick that box. <laughs> Bing. Um, yeah, no, Lock up was one of these ones that always used to show up on one of the TV channels here when I was in sort of, um, when I was in school. And I don't know why, but I just, I used to love it. I think it was, you know, if I went back and watched it now, I probably wouldn't be able to give it a silver. But, hey, I'm, I'm going with the rose-coloured glasses, mm. a bit of nostalgia, and I'm going to give it a silver. And we haven't seen it for a long time. And so it I was think... the classic, you know, the, the, a little bit like Rambo, that the system that's supposed to be protecting you is just unreasonably mm. And uh, there's an incredible uh, game of football, mm. I believe, between the inmates mm. and the guards, maybe. Dang on cash. Gold. Pure yeah, gold. I'll go with you there. I love Tangyong Cash. This, again, is where anyone listening will probably go, these blokes are idiots, but gold. Yeah, gold. Rocky Five. Ooh. 
No, no, no. Look, for for quite some time, I was kind of a supporter of Rocky Five. I couldn't say it was a good film, but I thought at least it tried something different and didn't have the the, the silly message of something like a Rocky Four. But look, doesn't have Drago. It, end of the day, it's a really it's a bad film. So yeah, I'm I'm not going to place it. He then went for a double banger of <laughs> Oscar and Stop on a Mumble Shoot. Neither of those. Well, again, Oscar nearly placed because his name's Angelo Snaps Provolone. <laughs> what about Sergeant Joe Bromowski? <laughs> yeah, not Italian enough. <laughs> right. Okay, both of those have missed out on places there. They um, didn't even make the final. No, yeah, they were pretty bad. In fact, Stop on a Mumble Shoot is potentially his worst movie. Yeah, well, I mean, geez, rhinestones in there. So. Yeah, there's a couple, but it's in that pantheon of poop. Yeah, cliffhanger, demolition man. I both put them in the. They get medals. I think you'll find they get bronzes probably. Well, demolition man for me again, maybe a bit of rose coloured. Demolition man was another one in the lockup mould that just just used to show up on rotation on one of the TV stations over here. So. And this was about the period when I first sort of, you know, was able to have a, a small TV in my room to myself <laughs> and things like that. So Demolition Man, geez, I'd, I'm almost verging on a gold, but I'll, I'll come to my senses and give it a silver. Well, come to my senses as much as I possibly can when I'm <laughs> the type of bloke that will give Demolition Man a silver, but I'm giving it a silver. Okay. His output from 94 to 95 included... Look, cliffhanger's silver too, by the way. No, no. cliffhanger's bronze. 94 through 95, The Specialist, Judge Dredd, Assassins, Your Studio and You. Eey. Yeah, I'm just going to pick a couple out of there. Judge Dredd doesn't even make the final. No. Uh, Daylight? Daylight is just on silver. the cusp, I think. Well, I'll give it a bronze, but it's I've just, got the rose-coloured glasses on for Daylight. Yeah. I think it's... a. Uh, it's a. It's one of those emotional uh, disaster films that actually works. The Good Life, unreleased. Jeez. Well, it didn't turn up. It didn't turn up to the event. They were waiting at the start line, and Sylvester didn't turn up for that one. Copland gets a gets a silver. Copland will be a silver for me too. Mm. I'll, uh, just again, just pushing towards a gold. I think Copland's a really good movie. Um, and different from what he usually, what he's usually in it, as we've mentioned before, it required something different from him because he's not this physical, it's not a physical performance. Yeah. It's just a flat out acting performance. And, and he one. does a very good job. Ants? Uh, I don't think it was a great film, but no. it's certainly not rubbish, but it was not in the, in the high level of yeah. animated films. Just, that around just, missed, just misses for me. Now, this is where things get ugly. Get Carter, Driven, Detox, Avenging Angelo, Taxi Can we just three. go to his name for that one? Frankie Delano? <laughs> Bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, no, that, yeah, Taxi 3, Spy Kids 3, Shade. Then he had a three-year layoff. I can see why. <laughs> Bloody okay, hell. Okay, so what's, what's that? He's, uh, that period is where... He was injured. <laughs> well, no, well, I was just going to say, yeah, his career was declining. We'd all written him off. We thought we were finished, so he, he retired for a brief stretch. Look, you know what? Detox is actually one that I had high hopes for because the yeah, idea was good. It's a good idea. He was an alcoholic copper who ends up in rehab in, I think it was in the in the wilderness somewhere. They were, they were in a rehab facility and they're slowly being picked off one by one by a killer. 
But it, the ham, talk about ham fisted execution. <laughs> okay, so 2006, we come back with Rocky Balboa. And I mm. give Balboa a silver. Yeah, same. I think he did the, an, an incredibly good job to bring back a character after how long? It would have been 15 years yeah, since we'd seen like Rocky um, in Rocky Five. And he does a really good job. They make the it's somewhat legitimate. Yeah, it was, I mean... And it's a movie uh, that could you, have been laughed out of cinemas. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I thought the setup, the initial setup, was actually a really good idea in the current age. We love to talk about modern sportsmen versus, you know, um, uh, versus sportsmen of yesteryear, mm. and uh, we're in right in the in the midst of using all these statistics and things that weren't available in that period. And they kind of took that idea for the setup for the movie. And then made Rocky the kind of guy that was like, oh, "Well, hang on a minute, I might, I might be able to do this one more time." So, yeah. I really liked, I really liked it, and it's so definitely I, silver for me. Okay, Rambo. I'll get back to you in a week or two. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> I, I, look, he, he doesn't get a, a medal, but it's better than it should have been. Like it actually is better than it that and I anticipated. It's incredibly violent, I will say that much. Mm. Um, but it's better than I expected. But it's it, he made the final. Mm-hmm. Um, the Expendables? I'll probably bronze it. Yeah. Look, I love The Expendables. I thought it was exact. The first one was probably not as good as the sequel, but I liked the, the idea of getting all those guys together. Yeah. I thought it was fun for the most part. And, yeah, it's a bronze. Yeah, I didn't <clears throat> uh, I didn't love it, but uh, the same. The kind of nostalgia of getting some of those guys and then getting them all together in the, in the one movie and just throwing at us a whole bunch of these kind of action set pieces that – that we wanted to see from him. Um, so, yeah, not a great film, but uh, tick the box. Expendables 2, that's a silver for me. Yeah, I'll probably still give it a bronze, but it was, be- it was better it was than better. the first one. I think um, it was handled better. It was more less, Lundgren. Yeah, more Lundgren. <laughs> uh, and also it was less ass-clenched. <laughs> the, the first one was a bit clenched. The second one was far more fun and loose. More Schwarzenegger. Yeah, it took you're probably right. Uh, I didn't know what you were getting out there for a minute, but uh, <laughs> oh, we were harking back to Kitty and Studs again. Oh right? dear, here we oh, go. Man, got you again. Um, no, yeah, I think I think you're right. It did kind of uh, take itself a little less seriously. Yeah, the first one didn't really take itself super serious, yeah. but the second one lightened up even more, yeah. and, and um, yeah, I think it was better for Schwarzenegger, Langren, and that greedy, greedy bloody Willis. Yeah, Willis, greedy bastard. Bullets to the head. Haven't seen it, but James Jimmy Bobo Bonomo. <laughs> so I think the uh, Italian name generator shut down after the bullet. Yeah, that it's, it's blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't seen it. It doesn't. I watched the trailers and it didn't do any for me. Yeah, so I, I, I again, I had the chance. I've had the chance to watch this one and just didn't because oh. didn't. Uh, you know, read some reviews on it and just thought, nah. Can't do it, I don't think. So he, he didn't make the final on that yeah. one. It might, if it comes across the table, we might check it out. Oh, yeah. Look, it'll probably end up on this <laughs> this in a couple of months' time. Escape plan. Look, it, it's probably a fourth. I'd probably agree. Uh, I liked it. Mm. Um, I got uh, exactly what I, was, what I was going in for to see 60-year-old Sylvester and Arnie um, doing their bit. And I think for the most part, we got what we were after. They they tacked in another, you know, real good quality actor in Jim Caviezel. Mm. And yeah, I, I liked it. I, geez, I want to give it a bronze, but I probably can't. Fourth. I can't give it a bronze because uh, 50 Cent 
played a computer hacker. I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't really. What, you don't go for ultra realism? No, no I could get, but get behind that. <laughs> Grudge match. I'm going to go out and uh, I'm going to I'm going to get a little bit controversial here. Grudge match is a bronze. Uh, I didn't get to see Grudge match. I was really keen on it. But yeah, I, I didn't quite get to see it. I haven't heard fantastic things, but I have also heard um, from a lot of reviews that it's better than it has any right to be, which is kind of what you're feeling. Yeah, on it is too. Like it, it one of those movies that has a a storyline that's preposterous, but I think they do a reasonable enough job, and it's pretty amusing throughout. So for me, it's something that I can pull out, chuck on, and Stallone gives me, you know when Stallone. Puts his mind to something like, you know, a bit of comedy in that. He can go all right. He has the the prerequisite chops. And I think he does okay. Expendables 3. Uh, I can't I can't give it a medal. Nah. Uh, I felt, I felt was, that was a come down. Well, yeah, I felt it was a, it was disappointing. Uh, the, after the second one kind of seemed to get the formula and do it right, mm. um, I thought we were just settling into this kind of nostalgic blast that these guys were going to give us, and the third one just didn't do it. Um, I mean, the ha- last half hour was good. was awesome. Well, that was where I really enjoyed it. Prior to that, didn't didn't really do it for me. And again, the problem with Expendables 3 is you put 25 people. You got 25 characters or something that were in the Expendables. It was bordering on you didn't have enough minutes yeah. to give these guys anything meaningful to do. And as a result, you get someone like Antonio Banderas who, whenever he was on screen, he it was, was great. really good, but he didn't get barely any screen time uh, prior to that last half hour. And even then, it was just to throw in a couple of couple of funny lines. Funny lines and, and do a few. Look, not enough London. The, you know, the, the Latin lover character, yeah. all this sort of stuff. Not enough Dolph London. Not enough London. There needs to be, I think he needs to take over. The crew. I think yes. Barney needs to take a step back and hand the keys over to London. There's only one thing they got right for the, the third one, and that is Mel Gibson as a villain. It's the only villain with a little bit of grunt yeah. in the whole series. I felt he at least understood what this sort of movie was. And yeah, i got to disagree a little. I thought Gibson was great, but I think Van Damme in part two oh, was true. even better. I forgot about Van Damme. <laughs> Villain. I forgot about Villain. He was. I thought he was even better. Look, you you kind of mentioned that Gibson was probably the best villain of the series. Mm. Just to shade off, I think Van Damme was perfect. The first one was Eric Roberts. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, I believe Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, that was you know I can get I can get along with that one. His up and coming films are Reach Me, Animal Crackers, and Creed. Which I believe is a semi yeah, spin off to Rocky. Rocky. About uh, Apollo's grandson, I think. Yeah. Um, I believe it's got Michael B. Jordan in it. Let's face it, we'll be there. Probably. Probably opening day. Uh, I but, can't um, see myself at Reach Me. No, I'm, I'm not optimistic. It hasn't reached me. Not optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, just going back to Creed, though, I'm, I'll, be at, I'll be at it because it's, you know, related it's to Rocky, Rocky, but can. I don't have high hopes for it. No. All right, we'll take our final break and come back with what we're covering next time. Another episode in the can. We'll be back for the next one with a uh, 
Another sort of backwards slasher, 1982's Madman. Are you looking forward to that? Not really. (laughs) It's not one of my favourites. You're kind of championing this one. Although I don't even think you like it that much. Look, unfortunately, sometimes you've got to watch some some stuff that you may not be the biggest fan of. And plus, sometimes you've got to sort of, you know, sometimes you've got to mingle with the turkey so you can remember what it feels like to fly with the eagles. That's correct, yes. Um, Look, I haven't seen this movie. Look, I've seen this movie actually within the last 12 months. I know you haven't seen this movie in quite some time. want to watch it again. Again, maybe something will pop up in it that I didn't see. Uh, but it's always good to revisit these sort of films because they're not the norm. They're not films that we watch a lot of um, no. regularly. And I, I've, it's been a little while since I've watched Mad Men. I, I don't recall liking it that much, but, geez, I liked Stone Cold last time we watched it, so who knows? Anything goes, I think, in your yeah. mind. I'm more looking forward to our discussion topic. Mm. Next time around, which is actually going to go into what we loved about the good old video store. Yeah, this is kind of sparked by the fact that recently, within the last seven months, I think, three video stores pretty close to me have closed down. Mm. And, uh, you know, that's not unusual. That's something that's been happening for a long time. And But it sort of coincides with uh, Netflix just hitting in Australia too. So we've really moved on from the video store, and I think it's just a good chance to... Look back Reminisce. and reflect on what we loved about them. Absolutely. Um, so join us for that uh, next episode, and thanks for listening to this one. Find this podcast at podomatic.com or iTunes. Don't forget to rate and review. Like us on Facebook or contact us at thrillme, all one word, all lowercase, at iinet.net.au.